welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Southland. This is season three, episode seven, Sideways, written by Jonathan Lisko, directed by Allison Anders. I give this episode an 8.6 out of 10. I really thought the Lydia stuff was strong as we see the disillusion of a friendship. And I also liked what was going on with the Ben and John storyline. It was just about what it takes to do the right thing. Sammy's whole storyline. Oh my God, who the hell cares? On one end, I really feel bad for him. But on the other end, he doesn't make it easy. He's like Tammy. Even if you could empathize, they're so, they're, they're just, they, they don't rub off the wrong way or the right way. Not at all. So let's start with his storyline first so we can get it out of the way. He comes back into the station after his one ride out in the gang unit. Sal is taking him out of rotation because he says that they have brought in a suspect in Nate's murder and he's a witness. He needs to prepare for that. It leads him on this journey of, I really don't know who I am and what happened that night because as memory, I mean, that that's why memory could be so unreliable. It's been scientifically proven over time that memory becomes unreliable and thus, he is unable to pick out the correct guy in the lineup. And you fail. Then there's the weird shit with Nate's widow and the kids around. She's like, you're so good with kids. Let me make you lunch. Let me do everything I would have done for my husband as if you are my husband, but you're not my husband. And now they're weird and their poor children and Nate's poor children, her poor children, are very confused saying are you my new daddy now uh they very much are just trying to fill the hole that is the hurt and the grievance in their life and sammy is leaning into that even as he knows it's not right his behavior with the one guy out there is just trying to fix the thing he's like you've been around here you're trying to get up in her panties and the one dude's like you fucking live here guy get the fuck out my house he projects so fucking much it just feels like he's five foot six and he's always overcompensating it's not it's not the best to watch uh then we move to because that's all i really have to say about that storyline let's move over to the ben and john story arc which begins with going to a call where a woman is talking about an abandoned trailer which has become a haven for drug users and what did she say strawberries i've never heard that before Uh, which are prostitutes her children have to see that and despite ben's uh comment about the fact that she's a nice lady and she's get but she's getting on my nerves he spends the entirety of the episode trying to get in touch with anyone from the state as a cop to get rid of this trailer we saw two detectives show up and arrest the people that were doing drugs there 
and when confronted it's kind of like look this is how we can get a whole bunch of drug users to to populate one location and we can always get a guaranteed bust like if you want to change the law that's what your people do which is basically what he what he meant by that was white people (laughs) he said get out of my way on one hand that isn't right you can't just you know make this what it is but on the other hand yeah i don't like he's he said why can't you get rid of it though so i think they had some power to possibly get rid of it if they had put more effort into it i suppose i'm not i'm not 100 percent on that uh <laughs> don't quote me here but that lot seemed to be a problem too and then you have people doing construction right there so i think the whole entire thing needs to be paved over and turned into like a park or some shit that's what i would be advertising for you said you should he shows up at city council meetings that is another little interesting tidbit they threw out there about john is that despite his brisk manner sometimes on the outside not sometimes he he, he, he could be on the wrong side of asshole on the right side of asshole i should say uh but he seems to have a deep care for the community going so far as to show up at council meetings it it's i like when they just throw that little bit out there like the fact that he's sleeping with the guy that did his garden they just they casually throw it out to the viewer without needing to hone in on it they show up to a crime scene with dewey and cheeky who are still partners despite everything because no one wants her and no one wants him (laughs) so they make the ultimate team do is just the worst kind of person everything he says out of his mouth is vomit the woman standing right there being like who said a blowjob isn't a good thing like why do you feel the need to make this type of commentary at crime scene why do you why are you so over the top like you're trying so fucking hard for people to like you and you're just a piece of shit and the only reason why they even respect you or give you even the light of day is your tenure and then if they don't get your jokes or be on your side you just bully them in your in your day-to-day it's just uh, ugh. I know we all have that one person that we just cannot stand at work but shit there's hr and rules if they start talking like this it feels as if this is just part of the culture even though those around him when they're disgusted they're just like yeah well and quite frankly it's not their job it's (laughs) the department knows and probably has heard exactly what this man has said before this is not uh he's old school too he is uh, a retired in what do you call that grandfathered in grandfathered all the way into this police department because he can just do nothing wrong uh but yeah we had to listen to that and then they go to lunch and he's still on the phone they even hung up on him john trying to get the trailer removed uh <laughs> 
I like that they had a nice, pretty calm, you know, episode this week. John and Ben, nothing too serious going on. They're just going crime scene to crime scene. But most of it, his day is spent on the phone trying to handle this one situation that no one is telling him to do. I even like the comment where Dewey's like, you know, why are you even doing this? It's called giving a shit. Thought I'd try it sometime. <laughs> uh, and he gets another phone call before the chase that says that the the city has removed it because they're just trying to placate him at this point. And he says, has the city ever told you something that's true? Because he's like, wait a minute, are we driving over there? <laughs> and he realizes, you know, the city will lie to you to your face. And sure enough, when they get there, the trailer is there. So he says, fuck it. Amigos, give me give me that sledgehammer. He knocks the bricks off, <laughs> then moves the trailer in the middle of the road or close to somewhere close by. He gets the other guys to help so that it becomes a city hazard that they have to send out a tow truck to remove. I really wanted to see the neighbor outside clapping because she he really was doing the most and he didn't even get a thank you. Ain't nobody got time for that. Also like what John said when he says how they get mouthy. He's like, you know, they give you a badge and a stick and a uniform and they think you have all the power. And then when they realize how little power you have, then they get all mouthy. And I couldn't help but think that sounds like customer service in general. In the business, you deal with crazies. Then there's the high-speed chase, which started the episode where we see Dewey just about to hit a pedestrian who, and I really want to blame Dewey in this situation, but did do the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Because once again, it's Dewey, so you're, knee-jerk reaction is well of course he fucked up and would hit a pedestrian but alas but alas you see a helicopter right show you right you see sirens that tell you to get to the side of the road point blank period right right show you right and your ass goes be like i'm gonna think i'm across the street right now <laughs> like it sucks that you know and even dewey's reaction he was genuinely like fuck 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 is she breathing please say she's breathing he didn't want that on his consciousness for all of that he's a dickhole which he is he was doing his job cheeky was doing his job this woman unfortunately decided to be a nosy white woman <laughs> that's so rude this is fiction stop playing with me <laughs> but for real no no as someone who works in claims let me just tell you insurance claims this is my rodeo ma'am you would be zero or 100 percent at fault for this because <laughs> the first thing they're gonna say did you not hear the sirens <laughs> why would you walk in front of of sirens that are clearly coming your way clearly coming your way matter of fact you watched 
other and then not only that there's another vehicle that you just saw go way faster than any vehicle you should see going down the road i mean if i saw even a car going 60 down to 30 i'm like whoa hey i'm gonna pay attention but this woman unfortunately didn't have her hearing aids in and that's on her that's us it's a terrible way to die and i feel bad that that's on them because cheeky is all upset about it and john has to tell her look shit happens and i know that you feel overwhelmed she says this was just supposed to be a job which there is a lot of and i have to say i appreciate him getting her in her face for that there's a lot of jobs that you could have like i could bartend i wanted to i can't even remember the first thing she said (laughs) sounded stupid though and he says oh a teacher he's like does a teacher or a bartender walk towards gunfire or race towards gunfire yeah that's a choice that you made and it's not just a i need a job that no no (laughs) and he says look you we need people who care we need if no if not you who then if people like us don't put a take on it also shows john's maybe a little radical uh commitment here is if we the good people are not here to take care of the bad guys then who's gonna do it we have to do it because we have that that duty that willpower that whatever essence to protect and serve to do that for the right reasons and she leaves to go home to her child and consider her life choices i'm not a huge fan of cheeky but i did feel bad for her in that moment because she is just getting nothing but a shit getting shit sandwich after shit sandwich so she being at her bottom i totally understand now let's go to lydia russell and achoa adams is talking to russell about the fact that her name is in the paper they're naming her as the leak he's telling her this is going to blow over it's going to be fine the department has your back even though he apparently forgot the way she talks to her own captain <laughs> which we'll get to that scene because i love lydia but sometimes she be doing too much as well uh they get to a crime scene where two men got into an argument there was a shootout and unfortunately a man with no tats no affiliation no affiliation to what was happening is shot and killed there's a witness named henry who is sitting on the side who says that he hit his head and has a concussion however when lydia speaks to him she notices that maybe he should you know take a look or have the ambulance take a look at him when she turns around she sees that he's being loaded up because he does not have a concussion he has a bullet in his head oh shit oh fucked up Lydia's being ragged on by the guys like can we get a photo with you she tells them to fuck off before she's asked or they go to the hospital they speak with the witness Henry 
well lydia does and he is able to draw her a very pristine recreation of the crime scene including tats he even remembered the names that they called each other he has a fiance named jesse in paris she's been called ochoa says the doctor wants to speak with them and not even trying to lower her damn voice she's like you better get what you gonna need out of him because he's he's dying the bullet is small and it is deep in his brain and ain't nobody trying to get up in there because either way is gonna kill him and that is some devastating news to be told about this man that she then has to go back and talk to and not disclose that information because they need to confer with a, another specialist to confirm that there's nothing else that can be done before they give him that news they want to explore all options which that's fair uh they're then brought back to the station to be told that they are suspended she says it's not just you it's all of the detectives and i will say lydia pipe down a little bit i understand being pissed off about the situation but because of the situation and what it is take it down and like this is when you start playing chess and you know you know she's like i'm the best here i know i'm the best here and i'm just gonna talk shit when i want to talk shit and while it is amusing and part of who she is and what i love about her i'm also like can you because <laughs> when she said i have to note that in the file and she was like oh i'm so concerned i'm like girl even if they weren't trying to scapegoat you don't give them a reason to scapegoat you besides it's not even happening just to you it's happening to choa like a choa is just like me we getting paid yeah okay i'm be home shopping because i know i ain't done shit you can look through all my shit you ain't gonna find nothing i feel as if lydia they everyone is saying it's her so she's taking a little bit more personally i get that part of it but once again if i was in that situation personally i would not be getting lippy at that moment i'm gonna play my cards close and if it's filling you with rage like who would do this to us um we'll talk about her reaction later because i get her reaction on a personal level not so much on a (laughs) like her her code is a little bit um which is interesting i guess for me in a way going forward but uh so she she's at the hospital russell meets her there he's kind of been sent by the captain to calm her down just a bit because uh, you you just told your boss quite blatantly to your face i'm gonna continue to do my job i don't care what you say about that uh he laughs at the fact that she he, she was like send a photo of me flipping her off she says can you be my rep he tries to demure from doing it but says he will she says he's the only one that she can trust this is all landed on pretty thick for what was obvious all over his face and i'm not sure girl how you didn't see it that russell was the one that leaked the photos (laughs) there is a very heartbreaking conversation between her and henry where she opens up a little bit because he says if you had the choice to hold out or 
possibly save my life by them digging more holes in my brain because they had to they had to take them in their immediate surgery just to alleviate the skull the pressure on the skull they said there's nothing really they can do except try again she she says that she and her partner they are her training officer he was married with kids but they fell in love they made it work but he was killed on the job she was transferred so she didn't get to say goodbye and he's like if you want to know my choice yeah i would hold out and we we get a sense of why she probably doesn't date other officers we know that she has a tendency to date men who are married (laughs) or have other women going on i don't know um do we know this about her or am i just am i inferring and that has not been implied at all in the last three seasons i feel like there was a mention of it somehow some way or something happened i could be misremembering but it does speak to something right the fact that she didn't really care like they fell in love even though he was married he broke off his relationship uh some would call that a home wrecker but you know things things happen it's life and then he was killed and uh she stays with him until his his fiance jessica gets there and you could hear that he was not like he was just recalling conversations like the last conversation he had did i say the last or did i say the lost <laughs> conversation that he had with his wife about the eggs like i need to get eggs that's probably why he went to the store because he forgot them it was very sad and the nurse comes down and she says that he died with her next to him i know you would have wanted to know that the story that you told that was very beautiful and she immediately because she can't even be vulnerable uh she refuses to be vulnerable by allowing even this stranger to know this deep story about herself even though they'll probably never see each other again she can't she can't uh confess that that was her truth and not oh i'm a good actor because i'm it all layers to russ pulling up behind her uh, her admitting the rage is keeping her up at night about the leaked photos uh they both talk about the things they've heard today he starts to say have you heard about nate like that shit that news passed everywhere and dude was like that guy's suicidal she's like dude no i mean just i'm just saying he's gonna be on watch (laughs) and he ain't wrong but they talk about that they talk about the high-speed chase and the pedestrian being killed but he wants to tell her the real truth of the day but he starts with who would leak them who would do this to us and he says i did and he admits that he got five hundred thousand dollars half a million dollars to take those photos 
he did so right after he thought that the man was going to get away with it he was like it's unfortunate that he was innocent but at the time i didn't know that and i can get all of that like i can get hey this guy he did it i'm convinced that he did it it feels like he's did it the, all the evidence says that he's did it you know maybe if the public saw the truth of what brutality you guys are going to allow to get away with just because of wealth this is my way of pushing back against that and if you want to give me half a million dollars for it as well well why not i could get past all of that because i don't i don't know i really don't know if i would be above (laughs) i would like to believe that i would because that's someone's child that was murdered right there but in the sense of how he was viewing it as no the public needs to be shocked into the realness of these crimes like he genuinely was upset for the victim that being said where i think and even lydia is like you crossed the line of our friendship and now our friendship is no more is that you sat with it you watched me go through all of the stress that i did you held my hand through it and the entire time you could have just spoken up and said that you did it you thought it was gonna blow you let it go way further than a it needed to be and secondly you allowed me to go through the heartbreak that i was going through the anxiety and you at no point thought to alleviate that and you're supposed to be my friend you're supposed to care about me you love me which we know that they do love each other and in that moment she's like i don't know you and that's the end of their friendship because she she can't get over the fact that not only he sold the photos because he gets fired of course he gets fired it is to his credit that he didn't let it go further right because some people they're like shit that's nobody was looking at me not one person was looking at me um so he could have just let his friend scapegoat and that would have been a piece of shit move to do or just say i'm never going to say anything but because it was getting to him because he did care about lydia and the guilt he did say i'm sorry what i did it was wrong he said all the words and i do believe that he meant them but unfortunately it's just i think that russ meant a lot to lydia especially when you hear that story about the partner she fell in love with so this type of betrayal after this you know this reminder of that pain uh i think it was just way too much for her in that moment and that's the end of my russ and lydia partnership it's also the end of tom everett scott on this show uh he was picked when he was picked up by tnt he was only as a recurring character due to budget cuts and thus he ended up moving on which is understandable but i do feel like they didn't know necessarily what they were going to do with russ like tnt didn't really have a plan 
can even tell by the way they they frame because cheeky and even the other guy yeah those are all recurring characters they're not starring cast there's only four which are the characters of sammy lydia ben and and john so that pretty much concludes our episode was sad one for lydia but we do have three more to go so what what's going to be her life now that she doesn't have russell's friendship in her corner anymore we do have feedback on this episode so let's hop into the mailbag hey christina it's me shy i'm here to give my feedback for southland season three episode seven i don't know how i feel about this episode (laughs) i have mixed feelings about it i mean my mind is all over the place i will say that when i first saw dewey um i was just like oh my gosh do we have to I don't know this episode was full of characters that i'm not the biggest fan of in regards to just the stories that they've had and continue to have like dewey continues to be annoying i'm wondering why him and chicky are back to being partners it's like we're it's like we we take two steps forward and five steps back because i'm like why why would they partner them back together i thought it was problematic the first time they were partners and then they put them back together i don't know i'm just i guess i just <laughs> i that just or it got me off to the not the best start in this episode and then we have the russell lydia situation and something told me that russell was was this responsible one um was the one that did it because it i don't know i was like i couldn't i couldn't shake the feeling i i didn't say it in my last feedback but just his attitude about um the guy and then it's like no one was coming up you know in this episode nobody was they couldn't figure out who leaked it and i'm like it had to be an inside job at this point and then the only person that I can remember that was very, you know, antagonistic about the whole situation and was it was just dead set on believing that it was a guy, the celebrity guy was Russ. And so I was hoping not to that it was not the case as I was watching it. But the more the episode went on and the fact that they kept going, Lydia kept going on and on and on about how she can't sleep. And then Russ, he just looked funny in this episode i mean and which is unfortunate because i like his and lydia's relationship i think um they support each other and they're there for each other but man that was some shady shit that he did he just let her take the fall and wouldn't um come forth until you know the midnight hour basically um, or he took his time coming forward. And in the meantime, she's going through this. She's going through it with her career. She's going through it with her personal life. She's, And he's not giving her a bone. And then he's sitting on, what did he say, half a million dollars? So I'm like, damn. Um, so 
he really um I just wow I mean that's that's you know that's supposed to be your friend um spoon as you I get it you didn't know the pictures came from her phone but once you did realize it uh, it was time to fess up dude and you did it so you just let her continue to dangle like that then as far as the dewey stuff i mean the 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 lady i'm like why the hell would you step out in the street when you hear i mean it's like why would you step out anyway it's not a was it a crosswalk i don't even remember if it was a crosswalk or not but i'm like you hear i mean you saw this car zoom by seconds before you hear sirens and so i'm like why wouldn't you look before you just stepped out in the street like that i mean that didn't even make any sense what that lady did i mean i'm not saying she deserved to die but i'm like damn you know look out where you're going that's like one of street crossing 101 <laughs> look both ways before you cross the street it's, i mean if you look you would have saw that there's this cop car you know speeding down the road along with the sirens um but okay um that's that's i mean you do notice that stuff even here in georgia i mean even i living in california too some people just don't pull over when they hear sirens or, or they wait to the last minute to pull over and they just don't have any regard for that kind of emergency situations like that um sammy uh i had a feeling he wasn't gonna identify the dude because of just how this episode was playing out but i will say i was wondering why he was still living with nate's family i'm like why is he still there uh he can't find any other place to live any other place to go i, I mean i get it that it's probably cheaper to stay there but i just feel like it's it just becomes inappropriate at a certain point and um i know i mean she's there for him he's there for her and all that good stuff so but i think it, it blurs lines get blurred when you when it gets to a certain point and i just think that he doesn't need to be there especially when you see you know they start to i just think it's not healthy you know now you see the son tomorrow he's gonna be my new dad because they're looking for um um i mean that that's what tends to happen i can't it's late so my brain is not going to come up with the right words to um, articulate what I'm trying to say in that situation. Um, so there's that. Then there's this sad, that sad storyline with, I uh, forget the guy's name, that ended up having the bullet. I mean, I'm like, damn, that thing went from <laughs> innocently, oh yeah, you might have a concussion to what? the same day later on that day he you know he's got this life-threatening bullet in his head um and you know that I'm, I'm not gonna lie that's like to me that's my one of my worst fears is that you know you're just out there innocently just living your life and you know running errands going to the store and then something some idiots you know pop off with their nonsense and then you get caught in the crossfire that's something that I think about for myself and for my kids. It's like, it's not always that you're in involved in anything or you're, you know, in a bad neighborhood or anything like that. It just, you know, just never know you come across a situation where, 
you know, you just find yourself um, involved in something um, that you didn't think you would get involved in when you woke up that morning. So that's to me, that's a big fear of mine is, you know, that kind of thing, being involved in that type of situation. Not going to lie, I rolled my eyes at the Sammy Tammy scene because I'm like, I thought this would be the end of whatever that episode in season was when, you know, they, she got, well, he thought she was pregnant with uh, the other dude and she's with the other dude and he, uh, I'm like, really? That's who, I guess, I don't know. I mean, that's part of the toxicity of uh, their relationship that he would need to go to her in that situation um, out of all people. Um, But, you know, I guess, you know, when you're you're not when you're down and out, or you're you're ment- you had a mental crisis, mental health crisis. You tend to um, make decisions or go to people that you, in a rational state of mind, you probably wouldn't go to. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I felt like I had a feeling he wasn't going to be able to identify. He just seems like he was struggling, especially when he was stalling to identify that dude in the um in the photos in the pictures i was like yeah he probably don't remember and and that makes sense i mean that's why eyewitness account is the most is the least reliable um uh evidence uh to i'm sure you know this excuse me hiccups you know this as well because eyewitness account is just so unreliable and especially when you're experiencing trauma and the heightened sense of adrenaline and so much going on, even for cops. I mean, so this just lets you know that it doesn't just apply to people that, you know, are have are thrown in a situation they've never been in before. Even with people who have the experience and who have been in these types of situations, it can still take you off guard and just have you, you know, the heightened state of fear and all that stuff it and it just it plays with the mind so um not too surprising and of course he's gonna feel guilty that he wasn't able to do it and all that good stuff so but that's all i have for this one um i'm gonna get this to you so until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shine that was queen shy's thoughts on the episode um i'm with you I'm totally with you with all Russ, Russ, uh, Russ, Lydia thing. I, I, I can't look past the fact that you watched me go through it, bruh. Like, I'm gonna need some time. I need some time to get over that. <laughs> but it looks like Tom Ever Scott is off the show. So, goodbye, Tom Ever Scott. I liked you when you were here. But yeah, that's uh, quite an unfortunate end to one of the most as you stated, supporting type of friendships. I don't think he thought it was going to go this far. I thought he, I thought in his mind, he probably justified, like, I don't have to throw everything away because of this. And then when he finally realized, holy shit, they, they really are going to make an example out of someone. I think he kept, the more he kept saying that to Lydia, he was really telling it to himself. You know, it'll blow over. It'll be fine. You won't need this. But he knew in the end he probably was like you know what i think after that conversation in the cafe when she said you're the only one i can trust and she asked him to be her rep when she gets fired that's when he's like yeah i can't do this anymore and it was a good thing that he had already come clean 
prior to addressing it with her uh i love that we both were like sorry ma'am you dumb you should not walk out in front of traffic but that is true but that's probably why they put the story in there it's like this is what happens when you try to be nosy in a high-speed chase instead of minding your business minding your business people do it all the time don't you see them they'll run out to snap a photo and i'm like you're in the middle of a fucking crime scene get the fuck out of the what are you thinking and i'm also with you that is my top 10 fears is getting shot like i hear the stories i stop reading that's why i don't watch the news because and i hate when i randomly see a headline but i saw a headline and it said woman died by a bullet that came through train and i'm like oh the fuck that's like some un you ain't never gonna see that shit coming type of i ain't gonna have to say goodbye type of shit and that's horrible that is definitely part of my my top 10 i kid, I kid you not around 4th of july i do not like to stay around windows because if people are shooting guns somewhere i don't want a bullet to come through my window and shoot me uh what did i mean she didn't want her in the house what did i what did i mean by that oh yeah the wife she didn't even want sammy in the house so for her to be all up on him like that yeah that's their their she's putting herself in a wrong cycle instead of healing and letting her children heal versus all of them staying in this this uh stuck mentality and yep i did mention that in the podcast about how memory fails because your brain also tries to suppress trauma as a defense mechanism so when you try to recall it those those uh those feelings are gonna be a little fuzzy you'll be fighting against your own instinct in a lot of ways there's talk of getting rid of eyewitness testimony in general i think that that's not necessary however i think that there should be a time span on when when information is salvageable and then when you get an interview at the time of you don't have to remember it when you're on the stand or yeah you should recall yeah yeah you can't recall what you say on the stand because you're just technically being coached through it anyway there were the lawyers they're sitting there reminding you of what you interviewed however what your testimony is when you when you uh first interviewed so that should all that should be what's played in court and you don't have to recall it it's like let's just play it that's why we have this new technology i was actually watching this other true crime show and they was walking through the crime scene and it's the lady on the stand and all she's doing the whole entire time is just telling them what they're seeing on the thing that was her whole testimony because the camera did all the work it captured everything here's what the temperature was like this is what was on the front door walks up the stairs finds the bodies uh yeah i didn't know they even did that i was like that's pretty damn smart it probably preserves things a lot more because people could be looking all of that 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 video stays you know much more reliable than people but yeah i agree with uh pretty much everything you said uh, in your feedback and yes these were not the you know was it the dewey is not my favorite cheeky's not my favorite um I think i mentioned why they probably put them back together because no one wants either one of them uh and 
Sammy, I thought the th- the Tammy continued to get a paycheck and everyone else is recurring. And I had to lose Tom Everett Scott and Tammy's still fucking here. Yeah, that does not make me a happy camper. If you want to send feedback for our next episode of Southland, blackoutcouch.gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Till next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. <laughs>